Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. You all are in soup still. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. That's some good faking, guys. <laughs> um, man. Well, I'm excited to be here this morning. I don't know if anybody else Woo-hoo! is with me. Um, but man, I'm ready for what God is going to do this morning. If you have a Bible, you can click open to Matthew uh, chapter 4. Some of you guys are like, thank God we're back in the New Testament, right? In <laughs> the last couple of weeks in the Old Testament. And I know that maybe that's not the most favorite place for some of you guys, but I love it. Because to me, it shows, man, God is the same. Genesis 1, the Revelation 21, He's the same God, and He does the same thing. He has the same attitude, and the same love, and the same story of grace. From page 1 to page end. And this morning, we're going to jump into... Mark, and I'm so excited about what God's going to say this morning. Some of you guys are like, I know where you're going, and I've heard this story 45 times, and uh, it's probably true. But man, through the grace of God, I don't think we've heard it like this. And this morning, we're just going to see what God will do in it. Um, are you guys excited to be here? Yes. Because I really am. Um, the past few weeks, we've been on this series called There is Power, and I think unless God does something, I'm always going to put the disclaimer on there now. Um, this is the last week of that. Um, so for some of you guys who are like, um, great. And some of you guys are like, hopefully God will do something different. We'll pray for it. Who knows? Um, but man, I just feel like um, this has been so helpful for me. I have no idea if it's been helpful for you. Um, and I hope it has. And I'm trusting God for it. But honestly, I don't care. Because <laughs> it has been for me. And um, uh, I've just kind of been in this spot, and I know a lot of you guys have been in this spot where, man, the past few weeks or maybe even months have just been crazy. Um, there's been uh, kind of some weird things going on maybe in, in your life or in your head, and, uh, man, I just want to remind you, some of you guys are still in it, um, and the devil, he's a liar. And that's right. And uh, the Bible says when he lies, he's speaking his native tongue. Isn't that crazy? That's his language. He speaks in lies. He doesn't even speak the truth. He doesn't know that language. Um, and he will tell you all kinds of things like it's done for you or it's over for you or God doesn't see you or God doesn't care about you or God doesn't hear you. But the truth is, man, he's loud, but he's also a liar. And Jesus does see you and does love you. He does care about you. And he is willing to and very ready to come in and save the day. And I just want to remind us again this morning, there is power. His name is Jesus. And this morning, whatever you're going through, whatever you're dealing with, whatever you're struggling with, there is one way out. There's not 15 ways out or two ways out. There's one way out. His name is Jesus. And you can try all the other ways. And at the end of all those other ways, you're going to realize none of them worked. And then you're going to waste a whole lot of time. But Jesus, he does. And I can say that because I'm standing here this morning and I know it. And I've got story after story in my life and others about Jesus every time comes through and every time is faithful and every time does love. And every time does to finish the day in the victory spot. Amen. 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 And this morning is just another one of those stories in Mark. Um, if you have your Bible with me, you can turn to Mark 4, uh, um, whatever it is you can get there. Um, we're just gonna... You said Matthew first. Oh, we're in Mark, so I was just trying to distract you. Um, it's also in Mark or in Matthew, but we're not going to look at it now. Um, two in words. Leave me alone, guys. Um, <laughs> But uh, we're in Ma- uh, Mark. There we go. If I said Matthew again, Matthew. <laughs> Mark, there before. Um, and this morning we're talking about a story most of you guys have heard 
probably over and over and over again. Certainly, if you've been around a long time, you've heard it here. Um, but I just want to remind you the word God is living. Um, so you just hang on and listen because <laughs> it's going to be good. Um, but in Mark 4, we see uh, Jesus is doing at the beginning of the chapter what Jesus is pretty much always doing when we see Jesus. He's teaching. Um, Jesus loves people. I don't know if you know that or not. Jesus didn't walk around on this earth cranky because he was God. He was trapped here with us. It's not what happened. But he loved people and he hung out with people. And usually when he hung out with people, they were the worst of the worst people, which is pretty amazing to me. Jesus didn't come down and like, hey, let me find some religious people to club up with or let me just hang out in church all the time. Jesus was always in a field or in a boat and doing uh, just what everybody else was doing so that he could be around people because he loved people. He was around fishermen who probably cussed like sailors, and he was around prostitutes who, I don't think I need to explain that to you, and uh, he was around the worst of the worst, because, man, that's who Jesus loves. I just want to say that. And this morning, if you're like, I can't really figure out what I'm doing in here and how I fit in here, I just want to let you know you fit in here, because, man, Jesus didn't come for people that had it all together. He came for people that were broken. And this morning, he snuggled right up to you when you walked in the store, and he's got something for you. But Jesus was teaching at the beginning of Mark 4, and he was teaching in parables, which are basically short stories to illustrate a moral or spiritual point. Um, Jesus taught in stories a lot of times because people understood stories. It's pretty easy to tell a story that someone can relate to and kind of get them to this point. And Jesus uh, does this all through the Bible, and he does this so that you and I can look at it and understand what's going on with it. His disciples uh, answer Jesus kind of in this, and they're like, hey, why are you talking in stories? Why don't you just tell us what you kind of tell us? And he answers back in a weird way. He's like, well, because if I tell you in a way that uh, everybody understands, then uh, some people may hear you know, Jesus, why are you trying to trick people? <laughs> See, the truth of it is, man, if you're reading the Bible and you don't get it, it's because Jesus didn't tell the story. When Jesus tells the story, we get it. When we're listening to the story or reading the story or trying to do it on our own, it doesn't. There's this guy named the Holy Spirit, and he'll snuggle up to you as well and read the Bible with you, and he'll explain it to you. Um, so if it's hard for you to understand it, you need to pray that Jesus will send that. He's telling the story over and over and over again. He teaches kind of all day long. And that gets us to where we're going to enter the story this morning in verse 35. In verse 35, it says, On that day, this is letting us know that this is the same day that Jesus was sitting on the bank teaching people all day long. On that day when he told the parable of the sower and about using your life on that same day. Um, when evening had come, he told them, Let's cross over to the other side of the lake. So in Verse 35, we enter the story with Jesus kind of leaving all these people on the shore. Jesus has been teaching all day long. He's been um, kind of sitting there with them and explaining things to them and, and trying to talk to them about the Word of God. And it's getting late. Um, he's been teaching all day. He's probably very tired, worn out. We're going to see him take a nap in the story, actually. So I would think that that's probably pretty accurate. He's tired. And he decides he's going to get in the boat and he's going to go to the other side. Now, the reason he's getting in the boat and going to the other side is two things. One, the people will sit there all night if Jesus is talking. It's a true story. The people are not going to leave as long as Jesus is talking and Jesus knows that. He's going to sit right there all day and all night and the next day if he doesn't do something else because these people are not going to go away. So Jesus decides, not because he's tired of them or bored with them or whatever, but it's time to go home, it's getting late, and he climbs in the boat. Also, he has an appointment the next day with the guy over in chapter 5 that he has to get there for, so he gets in the boat and he crosses 
um, to the other side, or he tells the disciples, let's cross over to the other side of the lake. The lake here being the Sea of Galilee, which is where Jesus did most of his ministry, kind of means hanging out on this planet. In 36, it said, So they left the crowd and took him along since he was already in the boat. Now, I know I point this out every time, but this is one of those ridiculous moments in the Bible. Okay, apparently you didn't read it with me. Um, it says, They left the crowd and they took him along since Jesus was already in the boat. You're just laughing for sympathy purposes. Um, it was Jesus. What, what do you mean? Took him along because he was in the boat. It was Jesus' idea actually to go to the other side. Jesus was like, "Hey, let's get in the boat. Let's go over here." And then the Bible writes it for some reason. Whoever Mark, I guess, decided it was going to be his idea because it was a cool story. So he puts it in here, and he's like, "Well, I thought that I would go to the other side, and since Jesus was already in the boat, I guess I will take him too." Isn't that crazy? See, this is how we live our life, isn't it? (laughs) See, Mark is just demonstrating how you live your life. It's Jesus' idea for you to do what you do that day, and then you wake up and you're like, I guess I'll take Jesus if he's coming anyway. (laughs) Right, it's two different perspectives, but it really shows something, doesn't it? You can either, okay, Jesus, I'm going to live where you want me to go today, I'm going to show where you want me to be today, or I'm going to go do my thing, Jesus, I guess you can come with me. Yeah? Yeah? And most of the time, we're writing the story in Mark here, right? So they took him along, since he was already in the boat. It was so generous. Um, and it says that, and other boats were with him. Now, these are the hardcore like Jesus followers. Like, man, all those other people, they may have to go home. But I brought my fishing boat up to the Sea of Galilee today. So when Jesus goes, I'm going with him. I'm, I'm going to be with him. So it was Jesus, the disciples in one boat, and then there were some other boats. Who knows who they were or what they were doing? They probably just following Jesus because because that free bread sometimes. Whatever. Um, it says in 37, a fierce windstorm arose. So everything was great. Teaching all day long. Get in the boat. Jesus got the end. Thank you, Jesus. And you go out into the lake late at night. And suddenly, uh, this fierce windstorm arose. Mark probably wishes he could go back and make this Jesus idea again at this point in time. Now this is not an unusual thing. I just kind of lay that out there. Some of you guys are like, man, that's crazy. Why did a storm happen? Well, storms happen on the Sea of Galilee pretty much all the time. The Sea of Galilee is about 680 foot below sea level. That's pretty low. And it's surrounded on all sides by hills and mountains. One of those mountains is about 9,000 feet above uh, sea level. Pulling out these numbers. They're real numbers. Um, can't remember the mountains. Can't remember. Um, but this mountain specifically is about 9,000 feet above sea level. And when this cold air, this cold dry air comes down from the mountain and the hills and it meets that warm kind of tropic wet air from down the Sea of Galilee, it creates these pop-up storms all the time. And they're bad storms. Actually, people lose their lives still today on the Sea of Galilee because the storms are bad. They're real storms and they're bad storms. But they're normal storms. It's a normal occurrence. This wasn't like the power of Satan, like, dropping into their story. This was just part of the Sea of Galilee. It's important to us this morning. I just want you to know, because at some point in time, I'm going to let you know, we're not talking about storms. This is a story, like Jesus tells, to, <laughs> to give us a moral or spiritual point. It's a real story, but it's a story, and there's a purpose. And I just want you to know, the storms are a normal thing on the Sea of Galilee here. And it says... Um, 
A fierce windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking over the boat so that the boat was already being swamped. It was a real storm, and it was a bad storm. The waves actually, from kind of the moment it started, went from we have normal waves to now the waves are inside the boat. That's not a good thing if you're in a boat. Boats are awesome. Boats are fun and amazing as long as they're doing what boats are supposed to do. And what they're supposed to do is keep the water out there so you can be dry in here. Right? So the storm pops up and all this water starts flooding into the boat. The boats had kind of low sides and it wasn't much for waves to get in. Here come the waves kind of pouring in. And now the floor is not damp, but the floor is like starting to be underwater. This is not a pleasant moment in the boat. You want to demonstrate, let's go in the lake here in a little bit, and we'll just pop a hole in the bottom of that thing, push you out in the middle, and see how amazing that is for very long. It's not a cool thing. And you can imagine in this moment what any of us would do. Uh, we would freak out, right? Because yeah. now we're in a boat in the middle of the night, in the middle of the Sea of Galilee, miles from the shore, and the water is now coming into the boat. It doesn't matter how good of a swimmer you are in the middle of the night. They didn't have street lamps and awesome things like that. (laughs) It was dark. And you probably, even if you were an amazing swimmer and you could swim miles, which some of these guys maybe could, you probably couldn't find the shore if you wanted to. And in this moment, you can imagine, the water starts coming in, and we hit survival mode, right? Start freaking out, probably a little bit of yelling, maybe a little bit of stuff that we can't repeat on stage this morning happened. And they were scrambling around trying to figure out how we're going to keep this boat from going down. Because if the boat goes down, we're going down. You can imagine in the brain these thoughts of, oh man, we're going to die. This is not good. This is pretty bad. The boat is not really made to hold water and us. And they probably started doing everything they could think of to do. Some of these guys were fishermen. They, they would have known about this. Probably took the sails down because of the windstorm. You don't want the sail up there. That didn't do much. Water's still in the boat. Probably grabbed some buckets that they had in me and started pailing water over the side of the boat. Probably even took some of the heavier things and threw them off the boat to try to stay afloat. Maybe took one of the guys and threw them off the boat. I'm just kidding, probably not. But, um, but you can imagine in this moment, it wasn't a pleasant thing. And the thoughts in the brain were, man, it's over. There's no way we're out of this. If this storm doesn't stop, if it doesn't end right now, there's no way in the world we're going to survive this thing. And they start doing everything they can to kind of make everything work out okay. How do you know that? Because that's what we do, right? The first time something goes bad, the first day something goes bad, what do you do? Damage control. Right? Because you can't stop it. It's going to happen. You know it's going to happen. So you grab a bucket, right? Like if something blows up at work and you're like, oh man, this is not good. I can get trouble. I can get fired. What do you start trying to do? Uh, Fred, it was totally his fault. I told him, hey, right? Damage control. Or man, I had no idea. I didn't see that email or, or whatever, right? Damage control. We start getting in crisis mode and we start trying to figure out how we're going to handle everything to make it come out to the best possible, best case scenario. And this is probably what was going on in this moment. So they're rushing around, they're doing everything that they could possibly do to try to keep this boat above water. It says in 38, but he, he being Jesus here, was in the stern, that's the back of the boat, sleeping on a cushion. So can you imagine this? They're rushing around, they're pailing out water, they're taking this uh, sail down, they're throwing stuff overboard, they're screaming, probably saying, hey, get this thing, or hey, do this thing, they're yelling at each other, panicking, trying to do anything they can do to make sure they stay out of the water, and then somebody, who knows who it is, kind of catches in the back of the boat here, Jesus is asleep. <laughs> Just out of the corner of the eye, mid-pail over the boat, and then they catch, man, what, 
what, what's Jesus doing? <laughs> See, in, in the moment the storm happened, they weren't looking for Jesus. They weren't trying to figure out how the storm was going to stop. They were in damage control, and they weren't trying to do anything other than stay afloat. And then out of the corner of their eye, somebody's like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> what is he doing asleep, Right? Can you imagine how frustrating this would be? The storm's <laughs> happening, the waves are happening, Jesus is on a soggy pillow, yet he's still asleep. And like you're like, what's going on here, Jesus? Like, Surely at some point in time, the waves or the water or something should have woke you up. You should have seen it. You should have got here. You should have showed up. You should have done something by now. And, and, and then he turns around and he sees, hey, what's he doing back there sleeping? Yeah. you imagine how frustrating that would be? Can you imagine what goes on in their brain when they see Jesus in the back of the boat sleeping? You can. <laughs> I'll answer. That's just so they woke him up. That sounds like a pretty good thing to do. And they said to him, Teacher, don't you care that we are dying? This is how you know they don't care. If I'm drowning, literally the boat's filling up with water, I could die at any moment uh, if something doesn't change. I don't know that I would address Jesus as teacher. Because <laughs> what I don't need Jesus to do in the moment is set up in the back of the boat and start telling me a parable. <laughs> right? They weren't looking at this moment for Jesus to do an amazing miracle of a thing. They were in this moment looking for Jesus to get up and do anything. <coughs> Jesus, get up, grab a bucket, and start throwing water. Jesus, get up and like start throwing boxes over. Jesus, do something. Because if they were looking for a miracle, they would have started out with Savior yep. or Creator. That's pretty good. When you talk to the waves and the winds, but he's the Creator. He made them. He told them what to do. That would be good. Or Savior, we are probably about to die. We need someone to save us. That would have been a pretty good thing to address them as, but they say, teacher, rabbi, get up. Let me, let me translate this for you. What are you doing sleeping in the back of the boat? Do, do, do you really not care that all this, does this not disturb you some? Because I'm, I'm here in the boat. This is probably a long conversation. They just cut it down. I'm here in the boat, and I see a storm with waves and water and wind and probably some other stuff. And I don't know if you noticed, Jesus, but the boat is kind of almost full of water, and you're asleep. Don't you even care that I'm about to die? Who cares about Peter? I'm about to die. <laughs> don't you see that? Because I, I don't see the appropriate response to me going down in the boat here. You should be doing something. Don't, don't you see me? Don't you hear us? Don't you hear me? Don't, don't you care about me? Have you lost me? Have you forgot me? Have you went away from me? Are you not paying attention to me? Does this ring a bell to anybody? 
That doesn't say any of that. Well, <laughs> no, but my brain does every time something like this happens, right? Yeah. You ever been in one of those moments where you're so frustrated because everything seems to be falling apart? It could be like, I didn't have $2 to buy a cheeseburger, maybe for some of us, and it could be something's really blowing up for some of us. It takes different levels for different people, and I get that. But have you ever been in one of those situations where it's falling apart, you know for a fact there's nothing you can do about it? And then it doesn't seem like Jesus is responding in an appropriate way to what's going on. What's the first thing we do? We get frustrated, right? And we turn around to the back of our boat where we feel like Jesus is sleeping peacefully for some reason, somehow. And we yell things at him, right? Some of those things are words, again, you can't say on stage. And I get that. Um, Some of those things are not. But most of the time, they're not calm, are they? Some of you guys are looking at me like crazy. Maybe I'm a whole person. Uh, but I've had these conversations with God. I know this because I've, I've been here. I've been in these moments where I'm like, God, what is up with you? Like, it's me. You said you love me. You said you cared about me. You, you said you'd save me. And I've been following you. And I've been doing what I'm supposed to do. And I've been being a good boy or a good girl or whatever. And, and I've been following the rules. And I've been going to church. And I, I, I haven't done anything. Yet here I am in the storm, which is the problem, A, because I'm not supposed to be in these. And then B, here I am in the storm, and I don't see you. And this is the moment that whoever this disciple is, is in, and probably the others, so we get one voice. Jesus, we left everything to follow you around. We left our jobs, we left our families, we left our people, we left everything, and we've been following you, and we've been homeless, and we were okay with that, and here we are in a boat in a storm, and you're asleep, and I'm not okay with that. Isn't it refreshing to see someone in the Bible not handle it well? Because <laughs> last week it was Daniel. He was like, whatever, let's go with the lions. That frustrates me. <laughs> and then like the week before that, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and they're like, you know what? If God saves us, it's great. And if he doesn't, we'll start in the fire. It's going to be an amazing day. <laughs> also frustrating to me, because I'm not Daniel. Some days, maybe. Like, I forgot my wallet at home today. That, that's the Daniel case. <laughs> Everything blowing up. I'm not Daniel. I'm this guy. And in this moment, he has the choice to leave or believe. And he's kind of flipping over a little bit more towards the leave side. And if he could get out of the boat, he may, but he just can't because... It's the problem. We're in the middle of a lake. And he gets up, and he sees Jesus, and he gets frustrated, and he hurls things at Jesus vocally that probably weren't amazing things. Because he's so frustrated. Isn't it amazing to know that you're not the only one? Anybody been in that situation? God, it feels like it's falling apart. Where are you? God, it feels like everything's going, I'm maybe even going to die. Maybe this is it for me. And where are you at? 
See, the truth is, uh, I would bet money that everybody in this room has. You know why? The storms are normal on the Sea of Galilee. The devil doesn't have to come in and just drop a nuke right on your lock to jack things up. He just has to let the cold air hit the warm air. Yep. And stuff falls apart. It's normal. Jesus was in one boat and there were other boats he wasn't in. But all the boats were in the storm because storms are normal. And I bet you money, if you haven't been through one, you're over there. In the kitchen. Because we've been here long enough that storms have happened. Actually, storms, if you're not in one right now, may come tomorrow, may come next week, may come a month from now. And I just want to let you know there, there are times that it may feel like Jesus doesn't care. Doesn't mean he doesn't, but there are times that it may feel like he doesn't. Amen? I've been there. There are times when it may feel like he doesn't see you. I've been there. There are times when it feels like you're shouting out, you've tried the pray thing, you've tried the asking thing, and it's not happening, and you're trying to figure out why it's not happening. And, and that may happen. But I, I just want to read to you the rest of the story, because that would be a horrible place if it just stopped there. Right? Yeah. Jesus, I'm so frustrated. I'm in the boat. You don't care about me. You don't love me. You don't see me. You don't hear me. You don't. That would be a depressing place to stop the story. Luckily, Jesus is in the boat. So the story doesn't actually stop there. So he says, Jesus, don't you care that we are going to die? And in 39, here's what happens. He, capital H there, not because it's the beginning of sin, but it's Jesus. He got up. He woke up and got off the pillow. And then it says he rebuked the wind. And this is not exactly what they were looking for. Because this is ridiculous, right? If you don't believe me, next time it storms, you just walk outside and start yelling at the wind and see where that gets you. Because it doesn't actually seem like a solution, right? Jesus gets up and he starts, hey, you need to quit that now. To the wind. You... you you apparently don't have a sense of humor. Um, that's not a normal thing. That, that's not a normal thing. What they were not expecting Jesus to do was to get up off the pillow and go talk to the wind. That wasn't part of the story in their brain. That wasn't how it went down in their head when they were thinking about it. They were thinking, teacher, get your lazy butt off the pillow and grab a bucket and throw the water out of the side like all the rest of us are. That's the story they were looking for. And Jesus grabbed a pail and we, there were enough of us that by sheer willpower and strength we overpowered the storm long enough that it quit and the boat was fine. That was what they were looking for. Because they started out with teaching. But Jesus gets up and he kind of wakes up and he walks maybe to the front of the boat. He's in the back. I don't know where he dresses storms from. But he gets up and he starts talking to the wind. And he's like, hey, if you could quit that now, that would be amazing. Thanks. And everybody in the boat is probably like, what's he doing? <laughs> I've never seen him talk to the wind before. I've seen him heal people. I've seen him wake up dead people. I've seen him multiply bread and fish. And I've, I've seen miracles, but I've never seen this 
particular miracle. So that wasn't in the book of things I was looking for. So Jesus gets up and he starts talking to the wind. The disciples are probably like, that's not what we were looking for. Can you please shut up and grab a bucket? Like, we just want you to throw the water over the board here. But it says he gets up and he rebukes the wind. And he said to the sea, so now we've talked to the wind, which is great. And now I'm going to talk to the water. And he talks to the sea. And he says, silence, be still. We don't know what he said to the wind. But he says three whole words to the sea. The thing that a few minutes ago was inside of the boat because the waves are so crazy, he looks at that very thing that probably was going to kill him, probably was going to lock him out, it was going to be kind of the end for them, and he looks at the very thing that was going to kill him, and he says, hey, silence. Be still. And then it was. He said again, because you didn't get it, because this is not a normal thing. Um, he looks at the water and a second ago was hurling waves into the boat. And then he talks to it. I didn't know water hurt stuff. <laughs> and he says, silence. Be still. Three words. Not three words and a stick and a whip and a machine gun. Not three words. He <laughs> says, silence, be still. And it says, the wind ceased. Stopped. And there was a great calm. A great calm is not just like they, they died down now it's hitting the boat, but it was like not coming over the boat. Great calm is there were waves and now it's like there were never any waves. It was calmer than it was when we got in the water in the first place. It was calmer than it was like the whole way out here and now the sea looks like glass because when Jesus says silence be still the waves completely listen and now there's not a ripple to be found isn't that crazy like waves are also a natural thing <laughs> so you know that like go somewhere where it's a big enough body of water that the moon can have its effect on it like the Sea of Galilee there are always waves except when Jesus talks <laughs> And Jesus just looks at the water and he does this weird Jesus thing. And he says, silence, be still. And it says, the wind ceased and there was a great calm, a calmer calm. And then he said to them, these guys in the boat, now remind me what you were freaking out about. <laughs> like literally, he says, why are you afraid? What, what, was, the, what was the big deal? Why, why were you scared? Can, can you tell me? Can you imagine the scenery behind him shifting and then him standing there? Like there used to be waves coming over the boat, and now there's no waves coming over the boat, and the sea's kind of calm, and you couldn't even get the boat to move because there's no wind. Like at this point in time, <laughs> we're just sitting there on the sea looking like glass, and he's like, "Can you just what was the problem? <laughs> <laughs> what, what were you yelling? Like I don't care." Can you remind me yet again why you thought I didn't see you or hear you? Or can you go back and just rewind 30 seconds? Let's have that whole conversation again. Let's back up. Because I was just right there. I was in the back of I was in the back of the boat the whole time. So what what's What's the issue? 
And then he follows it up with, do you still have no faith? And this is the part where some of us are like, oh man, we just got to repeat about Jesus. I hate this part of church. I just wanted to know, like, that's not the direction Jesus makes this comment. Yeah. I don't really think, other than the temple moment, Jesus ever looked at anybody and was like, oh, man, <laughs> I think what Jesus is really saying here is you still really not see who I am? <laughs> We've been doing this for a while now. Like you, you have seen me like wake up dead people. Who does that? <laughs> you have seen me like tell people to never walk like, ever in their whole life. You've seen me be like, hey, get up, and then they get up, and then they get their, they roll their mat up, and they, they walk like they've walked their whole life, and they're walking. You've seen that. You, you see me take some bread and just break it and then pass it out, and everybody in the whole world got fed. Like, not really, but a lot of people. <laughs> and then there were like baskets of leftovers. You, you've, seen, you've seen me do miracles. You, you, you've heard me say that him, right? You, you, you even said at times, I'm him. Man, it's got to make some connections here. I'll just give you a hint. The reason Jesus was not up the whole time running around, like in the storm, freaking out, grabbing buckets, is because Jesus has never been afraid of a storm. No. There's never been one storm on the whole planet that Jesus has been afraid of. I'll be honest, there's never been one storm in the whole universe Jesus has been freaked out about. You know why? Because Genesis 1 says in the beginning was God. John chapter 1 says in the beginning it's the Word, and the Word is with God, and then we skip a little bit, the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And you know what? Jesus has never been afraid of a storm. It's because before there were any storms, there was a Jesus. Amen. Some of you guys are like, man, now he showed up in Bethlehem. No, the Bible actually says that his voice was the active voice of creation. And all things are made through him, by him, and for him. This is that in Colossians. That Jesus was there, and God was there, and the Holy Spirit was there, but there wasn't anything else. There was no color, there was no taste, there was no texture, there was no nothing. I don't even begin to know what that would look like, because to describe it to you, I would have to use things that were created. I don't know what nothing looks like. I've never been around nothing. There was God, and there was Jesus, and then Jesus spoke everything into existence. He made the stars, he made the, the universe, he made the world that we're living on, and everything on that world, including the Sea of Galilee, which he strategically placed mountains around and pushed it way down below sea level, so one day we could have this story. Because he knew, I'll just be honest, that when Paul dry air, it's warm wet air, storms happen, and that was going to be a normal thing. He needed it to be a normal thing because one day the disciples were going to get in the boat with Jesus and they were going to go across into the middle of the lake in the middle of the night, and Jesus was going to show them yet again another part of who he is. Jesus doesn't have to be afraid of storms because Jesus created everything. And when you create everything, you get to tell it what to do. So for you, it would be ridiculous to talk to the waves. I'm going to rebuke this thing in my life. Well, you do that, but if it's not the voice of Jesus doing it, nothing's going to happen. 
when Jesus enters this moment and he's like, guys, why are you freaking out? I told you I love you, right? And I actually chose you. You didn't choose me. I chose you. You were in a boat, and I walked up to the boat. That's how that happened. You didn't say, hey, there's that Jesus guy. Let's go be with him. I said, hey, I'm Jesus. Come be with me. And if I love you and I called you, you know what else I can also do? I can protect you. I, I can keep you. I get if Joe over there in his boat, who was just kind of checking out Jesus, I get if he's freaking out. Because he's just checking out Jesus. Like, I'm not in Joe's boat, I'm in your boat. As long as I'm laying here in your boat, and I'm not freaking out, you don't feel the need to freak out. Because I got this. And it's amazing how Jesus shoved all that into those little bit of words, huh? <laughs> and here's the cool thing kind of at the end of the story. In 41, this is in they, they being the disciples here were terrified. The storm's over, so that's not what they're scared of. I'll just throw that out there. At this point in time, the sea is not even on the radar of fear anymore. I'll just throw that in there for you. At this point in time, the wind, it's not, it's not hitting anything. Like that's not even in the thought process. It's, they were terrified. Here, here's what I think they're terrified of. They've been following Jesus around for however many months, years now. And Jesus yet again just popped up on the radar and he was like, Bet you didn't know I could do this. Bet you didn't know I could do this. And it, it, it is a little scary. Not scary like I better run away, but scary like, man, I've been with Jesus for this long now. And there's a possibility I've not even touched the depth of who he is. Some of you guys, I've been with him for 70, 80 years now. Well, it's wonderful. Um, I bet you're not exhausted who he is. I bet you've never even touched him. The Bible talks about Jesus and God that calls him holy. He's other above angels, actually, who are with Jesus and God every day for like the eternity expanse. Yell out, holy, holy, holy. And what they're saying to us is keep looking, keep looking, keep looking. There's more to this guy. They don't even wrap their mind around the whole of who gets. And it says that these disciples, they were terrified, and here's how I know what they're terrified of. It says they asked one another, who is this? And I thought I knew him. <laughs> I, uh, I've seen him do crazy I've seen him do crazy stuff. Like he we went to Lazarus's house. Lazarus was dead, he was in the hole, they wrapped him up, they had done the whole burial thing, they rolled a the stone in front of the deal, and we went over there and and Jesus just said into his death he said, hey come out get up and Lazarus comes shuffling up out of there, he's dead I've seen him wake up dead people, I knew he could do that I've seen him walk up to people that have never never walked before, never seen before I've seen him heal them 
like touched people's eyes who'd never seen, and then they could see, and it wasn't hazy, they didn't need glasses, they didn't need LASIK, like just some 2020 right then. Just from Jesus' touch, I've seen people who've never walked before whose legs were like sticks because they've never had any muscle build up in them. I've seen those guys when Jesus speaks, I've seen the muscle form in their leg, and they get up and they just roll up their mat and go home. I've seen that. I knew he could do some things, but I didn't know he could do that. Who is this guy? Who is this guy that even the wind and the sea obey him? And can I just throw this out there for you? Because I think so many of us are probably still even stuck on the whole, God, if you're good, why do you let us go through storms? God, if you see us, why do you? Why was it your idea that we went into the storm in the first place? God, if you knew it was going to happen and you know everything and you can do everything, why didn't you get up at the beginning of the storm and do something about it? Like you could have before the storm even started. You could have been like, all right, Sea of Galilee, no jokes tonight. We're going all the way across. we got somewhere to be. You could have done that, so why didn't you do that? Right? But some of you are still there, and I get that. And again, I'm not trying to downplay whatever you're in right now, but I'm just going to let you know that these men would have never seen this part of Jesus without the storm. You know what conversation would have never took place at the end of this if the storm wouldn't happen and Jesus wouldn't just end the boat asleep? You know what conversation would never have place? Who is this? The wonder and the awe and the amazement of the rescuer that Jesus is never would have come through. And they never would have seen that peace of God. Man, it's great that we are saved. If you're there, I get that. I love that God can call out in the darkness and lay dead hearts into live hearts. I love that He can do that. The Bible says that we are spiritually dead without Jesus, and then He comes and He just breathes on us, and man, we are fully alive. I love that. I believe God can heal people. I still believe that today. I believe that some people like like have stuff going on and God can just reach out and take that away. I've heard stories about how cancer and other things that are horrible diseases, how, how God has cured people of those things. How, how they know they had it and then they went back to the doctor and the next time they never had it. I've seen that. I've seen how people were so separate, so apart, like their marriage was over, it was falling apart, and God brings that back together and reconciles that. I've seen that. I know God can do those things. And these men had seen that too. But you know when these guys got a real clear picture of who God is? When they didn't watch somebody else go through a storm, but they themselves were in the storm. And God brought them out. Amen. Amen. If you want to experience the wonder and the awe and the amazement of Jesus, you can't do it by watching other people's stories, brother. You've got to have your own story. I'll be honest, some of you guys, man, you, you know that God is, a, you believe the salvation thing for other people. You believe, man. I, I know there's something in them because I, I can see it. I can witness it. But there, there's nothing in me. Some of you guys are there. And I just want you to know, man, their story is never going to prove to you who God is. You've got to have your own story. That's right. God, for some of you, wants to call out and wake dead hearts into live hearts in you. You need to go, know that God is a Savior who can do that. And that's why he says, you know what? It's not about one person coming to know me. It's about the world coming to know me. Everybody needs to know me. And it's the same for every other picture and piece of who God is. Man, it's great and we can rejoice when you go through some stuff and God brings you out. But man, I can sing when I go through some stuff and God brings you out. Amen. 
And this morning, I, I just want to say to some of you guys, because I know you're going through some stuff, and I know stuff is crazy, and I know you feel like maybe God doesn't hear you or hasn't heard you or doesn't see you, and I just want to let you know, man, just quit focusing on the storm, and you turn around and you look at and you fix eyes on who's in the boat. And when the thunder happens, you keep looking at who's in the boat. And when the waves happen, you keep looking at who's in the boat. Don't look at the floor. You look at who's in the boat because he's going to get up in a moment and he's going to do something amazing. He's going to do something crazy and you don't want to miss it because you were staring at the waves. The miracle is in the back of the boat. Storms are natural. Storms are normal. Waves happen. Thunder happens. Winds happen. That's a natural thing. Don't waste your time staring at that. Look at the miracle. This morning, God's inviting some of you into that miracle. Some of you guys, maybe for the first time, maybe you've heard stories of salvation. You're like, man, I see them, and I know they have something because, man, they feel something, and they respond to something, and they see something. And God said, you know what? Quit watching other people and step into that something. I came, I died for you, so that you didn't have to just hear about other people being brought from the dead. I can bring you from the dead. And you may feel hopeless and empty and dead and lost, and you may feel like I don't see you or hear you, but I've seen you and heard you before you were ever born, and I came to earth to live a perfect life because you never could. And then I died on a cross so that your sins would be killed and the Son of God could live on in you. I did that, and you can come out of death today. That's right. For some of you guys, you're in a storm and it feels like the world's falling apart, or your life's falling apart, everything around you is crumbling, and I just want to say, God will save you from that too. God didn't come to save us one time and leave us alone. He come to love us and walk with us and live in us. And the power that raised Jesus from the dead, the Bible said, lives in us. Amen. And this morning, I just want you to know, man, whatever it is you're going through, however hopeless it may seem, you just give it to Jesus and see what's up with it. You can't stop the storm anyway. You can't talk to the wind and you can't talk to the waves. And we serve a God who can and who does and who will. Amen.